Why and how did you get to Gibraltar and what is it that you're doing out there? Probably the story begins with with Edinburgh really and my involvement with Watsonians Cricket Club there. My my involvement grew and grew to, you know, lastly the last 5 years being being president of the club there. And I think it was really the work that I did with with the club and the amount of hours I put in really maybe want to make this a full-time career um, and and fortunate enough on on seeing Gibraltar advertising for for a general manager to be, be offered the position uh, that I took up towards the end of uh, of last year so I'm just coming up to sort of six months in in, in the post now mm-hmm. and yeah I, I'm here and, and and loving life in Gibraltar what was the job description what was it that you were brought in to do as the general manager of uh, Gibraltar Cricket Association i think one of the things that the, the board of Gibraltar cricket looked at with me was someone who was prepared to roll up their sleeves um was 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 good at putting a structure in place and someone who wasn't afraid to you know get their hands dirty look a, a lot of the administration so so they weren't necessarily looking for someone to come in and 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 develop the coaching you know with uh, hands on from that side but really someone to help drive forward a structure and drive forward an improvement to uh, the cricket across the country so before you came in so there was was there any structure was there any loose structure anything of the sort or it's all you're building up from uh, scratch uh, no it's, it's been there i mean gibraltar cricket have had associate status for you know 30 40 years now um, and you know and and latterly with the funding from icc that's enabled them to have uh, people in development positions so so very much sort of coaching positions i think it was only a couple of years ago that they hired their first general manager so someone to look at it from more from the administration side and that's you know a prerequisite of of receiving that funding that you have someone in, in that role um, i mean it's probably fair to say that it hadn't been done the way that it should have been done over the last few years and and, and so there's there's been a lot of hard work over the last 6 months really trying to put a structure in place to help us move forward let's talk a bit about uh, cricket in gibraltar the history considering it's a british overseas territory it's inevitable that cricket is being played there you know i did read a bit about the history of the sport there from 19th century turn of the 19th century on i suppose but from the point of view of uh, the recent past what has been how has been the state of affairs cricketing affairs in the last decade or so 
I think I think the last decade's probably seen uh, a fairly dramatic change. I think Gibraltar has historically had a, a, a fairly big military presence, and, and, and with that, there's been some very good cricketers who've been who've been stationed here. I think as that uh, over the last decade, as that military presence has, has, has disappeared, you know, the game's gone through a bit of a transition here. You know, we've we've latterly seen you know more and more gaming companies so um, coming and, and putting their headquarters in here just because of the gaming uh, laws that that are out there in the world, um, which has brought in a, a new set of expats, if you like. So there's lots of people from England, you know, ba- based over here, and also you know it's it, you know, cricket's very active uh, and it has been you know over the last sort of ten years in in the Gibraltar schools. Uh, so kids are getting a lot of uh, exposure, you know, across all the schools in the country to, you know, taster sessions, in-school sessions, and and after-school clubs as well. Considering that you have a population of about thirty-five thousand, how is that cricket survives? You know, you talked about being in schools, but in the reality is that you are going. Considering where you are geographically, you are going to be competing, especially with football in terms of popularity and what the kids would want to play. So uh, how, does that, how does cricket survive there? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Football is, is, is king of, of the sports out, out in Gibraltar. Um, it's, you know, and, and very successful too. I mean, the Gibraltar Football Association are obviously uh, going through the process of uh, trying to become a full member of UEFA at the moment as well, which is uh, uh, potentially as... as gives them the opportunity if they get that in terms of the funding they'll receive to grow the game even more so you know we very much battle you know against that you know space is also an issue in Gibraltar as well with you know the population of 30,000 you know squeezed into the into a small place around the rock means that you know you're battling for for space to play play cricket as well but there's other sports here that, that, that do very well and, uh, and are very successful. Rugby's similar to our, ourselves in that they've, uh, uh, they go, they're going through the process of, of gaining qualification as well to the, uh, to the IRB, the International Rugby Board. And, um, and basketball as well is another sport that's, that's you know, trying to grow, grow things. And, but, yeah, effectively, yeah, sports will compete against each other. But for me, it's about giving those kids the maximum amount of opportunities to to play as many sports as they can, and you know, and ultimately they're going to be the ones that take the decision as to as to what path they follow. Yeah, I was um, taking a virtual tour of Gibraltar on Google Earth, and uh, even with the small area, I saw plenty of football fields. So, what are the facilities available? I saw an artificial turf pitch near the international airport runway. How does it work, the facilities, and, and also I would like to hear about the club structure. Yeah, so from a facilities point of view, we operate out of two grounds effectively. So we have our, our, our main ground down at Europa Point, um, which uh, has an artificial not-turf wicket in, in the centre, and, uh, and the outfield is, is essentially a sort of a, a dust-gravel uh, outfield, if, if you like, so not, not conducive to, to sliding stops or, or, or diving catches. Mm. And we also use the Victoria Stadium, which is is a football stadium, uh, a small football stadium. We use the artificial pitch there with effectively a mat for a wicket in in, in the middle of that. But uh, but yeah, space space is is tight certainly, and and, and the grounds aren't conducive to uh, the purest form of the game. You know, the other challenge we have 
coming up with, you know, we talked about the G- GFA uh, Football Association impending decision with, with UEFA. And there's this certainly strong talk of, of UEFA wanting to fund a new stadium for the, for the national team, which, which you know, one of the potential sites is one of our cricket grounds as well. So that, that puts, us, uh, puts us in an even more sort of a troublesome position if, if that goes ahead. I saw that there had been two tours from MCC. It was MCC tours. Shouldn't there be more of that, where people from more established uh, cricket nations come down to Gibraltar play cricket, which will be a bigger exposure to different skill levels and show people playing cricket in Gibraltar? What is it that you, they need to be aspiring to, rather? Yeah, no, absolutely, and and yeah, you know, we, we, we welcome all sides here. I think yeah, you know, the, the 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 tough thing is, and if I'm being you know brutally honest, our, our facilities. Yeah, you know, are a bit of a shock for for people come, coming out here. So maybe don't produce you know the quality of cricket. I think you know if we can work hard at our facilities here, and, and we're you know very reliant on, on government backing to help us do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somewhere like Gibraltar would be absolutely ideal uh, for for touring teams and for people academies coming out. Um, you know, if you look at in Spain, you've got La Manga, which is hugely pop- popular with. Uh, uh, all types of academies and performance camps, and, and there's absolutely no doubt that we could build something like that mm-hmm. uh, in Gibraltar. Um, you know, we've got the climate. Um, you know, yeah, absolutely. Been, you know, it's it's you know it's the end of January, and we've just spent an entire weekend outdoors doing fielding training um, and uh, and and some nets work. And you know, if you can do that in the middle of January, then you know it's uh, it, it's a wonderful place to to come and come and. You know, play some cricket when the weather's not good in your own country. Um, so, you know, if we can work hard on doing that, you know, we can we can will boost the game. At the moment, you know, I probably don't have the right facilities in place to to attract you know the types of calibers of team that we'd like to come out. And uh, what are the plans in place for that? Improving the facility. You said you needed <laughs> well, government well, funding. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, we're, we're working closely, closely with the government. Uh, obviously, we talked about the the, the football proposals, mm-hmm. uh, which um, which could, in, in the short term, be sort of have very dramatic consequences on us. But there is a, a couple of areas of, of, of land in Gibraltar, um, even in the tight space that we've got, um, that you know could potentially host you know such a facility. Um, we've yeah, we're, we're lucky that we we talk very much closely with the Gibraltar Rugby Association and you know we could certainly do something that's that's dual use um, and, and rugby are exactly on the same lines as us and they could have you know sides coming out and touring more touring sides coming out if they had the correct facility um, I don't quite think everyone you know from a from a governmental point of view you know quite grasps you know the potential that both cricket and rugby mm. you know have, have got there um, it's uh, it's if we look at Gibraltar as a, as a as a PLC, you know, it could be a massive boost to the economy by having those uh, facilities in place. Mm-hmm. The, what about the club structure? Um, from what I read, there are about fifteen clubs. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So, so we operate, yeah, midweek competitions and and weekend competitions. So the midweek ones being played evenings twenty twenty. So uh, there's around sixteen teams uh, that play midweek. Um, 
some of those are teams from 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 work sides. So some of the gaming companies have got sides, and we we generally play that over sort of a two tier league competition throughout the summer. And uh, with weekends, uh, we operate around four teams on, on weekends. It sort of fluctuates depending on the competition. Generally, sort of uh, maybe three for the forty over competition, and, and four teams for the twenty over competition. Um, and we generally do that when we get students coming back uh, from the UK for the summer as well. Um, so you know, we have various competitions, cup, cup and league competitions, and, and, and you know, really try to get as many people involved in playing cricket. As, as we can. Um, so, do these clubs form the uh, conduit for the people to get into the Gibraltar team to play in uh, the Division Championship cricket? Absolutely, yeah. So, so, and you know, all, all the guys that are within the national squads uh, play play within the weekend sides. They're all uh, all Gibraltarian uh, and and you know, based based in Gibraltar. So, we have. Probably, I think two or three guys who, who qualify for the national team on on residency, so you the four and seven year residency ruling. But uh, uh, yeah, the remainder and the bulk of the the national squad is uh, are all Gibraltarian born and bred. Okay, all right. Let's get to uh, the main uh, thing that you're here for, which is that Gibraltar is going to be playing in the ICC European Division One Championship T20 tournament in Sussex. Correct? Yes. And, yes, and that is going to provide teams to go into the ICC World T20 qualifier to be played in UAE later this year. So, uh, where is Gibraltar uh, figuring in all this? Yeah, so I mean, in, in terms of, in terms of the tournament in the last the last T Twenty tournament, uh, obviously there's twelve teams competing in in the tournament. When we finished ninth out out of twelve uh, two years ago, so um, we've uh, yeah we've got aspirations to finish finish higher than that, and certainly you know try try and make a few uh, few waves in the tournament by causing an upset or two. Um, we're competing against some. Uh, some nations that are you know, incredibly larger than us in terms of population. You're competing from, against uh, Germany, Belgium, Austria, Sweden, Norway, etc. Yes, that's it. And, and, and the islands as well. So Guernsey, Jersey, uh, Isle of Man are in there, mm -hmm. um, Sweden. Uh, so there's, it, it's going to be it's going to be a stiff test. But, you know, I think that the beauty of, of, of being a small place um, is that you know the squad can get together um, as one, and and we can we can you know be closer as a unit than maybe some of the other larger nations can be. How are your preparations, and what are the things that you're in need for? Uh, preparations, yeah, have started off well. So um, you know the core the core of the squad uh, have been working you know hard on their fitness since probably around October time now, um, and doing you know twice weekly sessions on fitness and uh, um, we've had a bit of a break from cricket from the end of end of last season um, but it was this weekend and I've just come from the session now we've had a, a weekend long session with the national coach uh, Paul Lawrence who's uh, who does some work with Somerset he comes over uh, and and helps us out and takes the guys we've had uh, a weekend long session and really starting to fill some balls again take take some catches some some nice building drills and uh you know, have a few uh, uh, few hits in the nets as well. So uh, it's, it's, it's come up, coming along nicely. Who funds all this? You know, for example, Coach Lawrence coming down and the players travelling to Sussex, training, etc. 
Yeah, so so obviously uh, as as an associate, um, we work closely with ICC Europe uh, and the guys who are who are based in London. Um, yeah, and we get yeah a sizable chunk of, of, of funding you know out, out of ICC Europe, which of course funds my salary and, and my colleague Mark Baccarazzi, who's our our level three development manager. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and and it funds everything that goes on on in the game uh, in, in Gibraltar. So so we have an operational budget that that, that we work to, um, which is you know, has to take into account you know the tournaments that, that we attend, uh, um, you know, and obviously cost for, for for our national coach coming across and uh, and his time. Um, we do have a couple of sponsors, um, and small, you know, small Gibraltar firms, and we have an association with uh, one, one of the major banks as well. Um, but, yeah, that only scratches the surface, uh, yeah, um, of, of, of what we need. Um, yeah, we, we are very fortunate to, to get that money from, from the ICC and we, we spend, it, spend it wisely. Is it enough? Yeah, probably not. It, um, it starts to only it helps to do what we need to do, but to, to be able to do more, um, you know, to improve, help improve our facilities um, and, and work with the government in terms of the funding of that that improvement. Um, yeah, you know, we we need more support to be able to you know, grow the game in the way that I'd like to grow the game. Mm-hmm. Of course, more funds is helpful. So, what are the avenues? Say, for example, someone listening to the show or something individual person or someone that you know part of has a business or whatever how can they get involved not only with gibraltar but you know whatever associates country that they may be close to yeah well i know i think most most of the associates uh, and affiliates have, have got their own websites um, and you know it's easy it'll be easy to contact us and, and, and track us down um i think you know from my side, I'm very clear that, that anyone coming into this is, is you know, sponsoring someone like Gibraltar or helping us out is, is not going to do so uh, to receive masses of TV coverage uh, um, and, and see, their, see their logo on a shirt in, you know, in, in the national press. But, uh, you know, I think what, what I can promise is that we've got an organisation here that is, is, is passionate about growing the game in, in the right way. Uh, growing it from grassroots, um, yeah, really heavily involved in community work, and I think anyone that would want to get involved will certainly have you know a great time you know see, seeing the progress of uh, you know one of the smallest nations uh, competing on, on on the world stage, and yeah, they'll be very much part of the Gibraltar cricket family uh, if they decided to to you know, get involved. Say, for example, a you know small tool medium scale business or even a large scale business to get involved so they may not get all the benefits that they would expect you would think um you know association like yours might then you know try to appeal to individual uh individuals around the world to chip in um are there avenues to contribute uh, like that yeah, I mean, it's, well, I guess I would look at any any different model really, and and I'd welcome any any ideas from you know from from entrepreneurs and and you know out there as as to as to how you know we we could best grow it and work work with them. Um, I think you know my, my my phone's always on, so you know whatever time of the day it is, I, I welcome a call or or an email from someone, uh, and and certainly you know, have a chat and, and see what we could do. Okay. Um, 
one thing that I want to touch upon before I let you go is this relationship between the associate nations and how they are looked after and looked upon by the major cricketing players, you know, the test-playing nations, even within that, you know, say in England, India, Pakistan or Australia or whatever. In my opinion, cricket needs to grow more and more and be more inclusive, whereas what we see is that it's progressing in the opposite, opposite direction. Your take on that? Yeah, no, and, and, you know, I draw on my experience of, of being in Scotland and, and having, you know, many close friends working within uh, the national governing body in Scotland, Cricket Scotland. Um, so I know it's, you know, it's probably more apparent at that level, the Scotland Island level, and, and you, you see the, the restrictions around, you know, uh, qualification for some of the major tournaments, the, the, um, World T20 um, and, and the World Cup, etc. You know, there's there's very much a perception at that level that it's a closed shop at the top, um, and uh, and you know, meet the media and uh, want maybe want to keep it that way as well, uh, just to have those sort of you know top ten all playing at the same table. Whereas, you know, I think to make it a truly global game, you know, I think that it has to be more open. Um, you know, there's been some questionable performances by some of the lesser, you know, top top ten uh, nations. Um, yeah, and yeah, for them to be challenged, uh, you know, on an equal playing field would be much you know better for a, a healthier game. Yeah, you know, I think I think for for ourselves, I think that you know the challenges around uh, funding that's coming down from that top table. You know, it's it, it, it's no secret that 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 funding. Uh, is, is, is decreasing uh, in, in certain respects. Um, you have to look at maybe some of the uh, some of the tournaments for under 19s representative sides that you know, are now not taking place. I think the amount of ICC Europe tournaments uh, this com- coming year uh, has decreased, you know, from from previous years, um, and that, that that that's purely down to finance and it's purely down to funds. And I think what's what that's doing is is probably stunting you know the growth of, of some of the smaller nations, yeah, and and it's it's going to be harmful for the game because you know to to get a, you know a, a kid involved, um, they, they need something to aspire to, um, you know, and if that's a you know playing under fifteen cricket, you know, against other nations under under nineteen tournaments, it's um, if it, if that's not there, you know, it's going it's going to harm the development of the game from the grassroots. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I was I was talking with a friend of mine recently. Um, you know, every country within FIFA has to go through qualifications to play in the World Cup quali- uh, finals, where 32 mm-hmm. teams play. Whereas, you know, say for example, a large country like say Brazil or Argentina, if they don't get through qualification, they don't get to the final 32. They don't get to the big dance. Whereas in cricket, you're almost guaranteed. Well, you're guaranteed the top 10 nations, and that's you know, that's quite unfair um, situation. Yeah, and you've, and you've got those, you know, those top nations, you know, looking after themselves effectively as a self-preservation in there that, you know, they, it's, you know, by, by voting in a certain way, you can preserve your own future. Um, and it's not, you know, maybe a, the healthiest way uh, to, to, to govern a sport. Coming back to uh, Gibraltar cricket, what, are, what is your outlook going forward? 
Um, forward, I think yeah. Well, we've, we've just we're just around the process of launching a, a, a three-year strategy, um, which we're, we've entitled "Building the Base," which is around you know really getting that that a much broader base in place. Um, you know, we're, we're focusing on you know ensuring our our national team uh, are going to be performing at the tournaments because a lot of our funding is is more reliant on that high performance element now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also at the same time, you know, looking at that that community work that we're doing um, and and the youth work to re- to really grow the base. So uh, in years to come, we've got a sustainable product um, that will keep producing cricketers uh, through it and keep giving people opportunities to, to grow the game. Um, there's yeah, there's challenges in that around facilities locally. Um, there's there's challenges around around finances, which we've, we've touched on. Yeah, especially with decreasing. Uh, grants coming down, uh, you know, in, a few, in future years. But you know, if we can put something in place over the next few years that's more sustainable uh, and is going to produce more cricketers, then you know, we've got a fighting chance of uh, of growing the game and, and and competing, you know, even more so at the level we're playing at. Well, all right, and thanks a lot, Ross, for coming on the show. Good luck to you and good luck to Gibraltar Cricket. No problem. Thank you very much for having me on, Sebastian. And, uh, and I hope everyone's enjoyed listening to me talk about Gibraltar Cricket for a few minutes. Pleasure. Boys, if they went down the ground, this could be six as well. It's a big Straight down the ground, almost into the dressing room. And that tells the story. What an innings this is. What are Eunice's being slaughtered. Couch Talk.